So Acts chapter 11, beginning verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost of faith and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And that's where we'll stop reading right there. So I want to go to the last part of the 26th verse. It says, And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And I want to, if the Lord will help me for just a few minutes, and I sure have to have him, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about being a Christian and what is a Christian and it's a term that's thrown around a lot but people view it in different ways and uh, so we look at this chapter if you go back up in the first of the chapter you can read about uh, where Peter is telling the Pharisees and the Jews what happened to him when he went down and uh, into the Gentiles' house and how the Lord poured out the Spirit on the Gentiles. It was Cornelius. And the Lord poured out the Spirit on Cornelius and his family and his men just like he had the Jews. And they began to thank the Lord that the Lord had visited the Gentiles just like he had the Jews and given them the opportunity to repent and to know the Lord. And I tell you, you know, we heard news from Browns a few weeks ago that they had one saved. They had one saved over it. Bear Creek, a Sunday or two ago, it ought to make us rejoice that the Lord visited and saved over there. And I'd like for news to go out from Dutch Bottoms that the Lord has saved right here. And so we read where that Barnabas and Paul tarried with them the whole year. And they came together with the church. We read where that Barnabas exhorted them to cleave to the Lord. There's more to being a Christian in what you wear. There's more to being a Christian into what you drive than the way you vote. Some people has narrowed it down to that. I used to work with a person, and she was 
happy to say she identified with the Christian voting bloc. And when I expressed to her that I was always saved, but I wasn't always a Christian, she got a little angry with me. She couldn't understand what I was talking about. And, and folks, I believe in eternal salvation, but I'm not always Christ-like. And if we would admit it, all of us have failed and sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's been times in each and every one of us's life that we'd like to live over and do again and make better choices. But I'm here to tell you today, it's not in who you identify with as, as your vote or, or what certain person that you back or, or, you, or you put your money into. It's a personal thing between you and the Lord is the only thing that can make you a Christian. And Barnabas, they, they met together for a year with the church. I believe if you're a Christian, you'll make your way down to the house of God. I believe there's something in it. And I know we're living in a, in a trying time. And I know that this virus has, has come about and we've got elders that, that want to protect themselves. I understand that. <coughs> but I believe there's something in the heart of a Christian that has a longing to be down at the house of God. What makes that? I'm going to explain that to you. I believe that my mother lives about a mile and a half this way, and I have a desire every once in a while to be in her home, to spend time with her, to lay eyes on her, to show her that I love her, that I care for her because she's my mother. She's part of the family. And when Dad was alive, I looked forward to going and spending time with him there at that little residence. And I believe if you're a child of God, you want to be in where he's at. You want to be in his house. You want to be with his people. You want to be with his family. I love the Lord. And I like that song. And hopefully maybe we'll get to sing it here in a service or two. It's number eight in the big book. In the green book. It says, I love the blessed Savior divine. He lightens up this pathway of mine. From his dear side I'll never depart. You, I'm telling you something, folks. You can't be a Christian and partake of everything of the world. You can't be a Christian and never darken the door of the church. You cannot be a Christian and never read your Bible. You can't be a Christian and never say a prayer. It's part of the Christian life. And it changes the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you look. Let's just take a look at a Christian, will you? I believe if we take a look at all the men and women that we can read about in the Bible, we could come to agreement on the fact that, that's, that Paul was one of the greatest Christians we ever read about. But he sure didn't start out that way, did he? He was a religious religious man, but he was not a Christian. We read word that he wreaked havoc, as a matter of fact, on Christians, on the church. We read where he had letters in his pockets to arrest anybody that called on the name of the Lord. We read word that he tormented the church night and day. He was doing it all in the name of religion. He was doing it all in the name of the Pharisee and he was taught knew every jot and tittle of 
the law, sat under the feet of Gamaliel, but he lacked one thing. He wasn't a Christian. He wasn't saved by the grace of God. When you become a Christian, there is a fundamental change in your life. There's a difference in the way you see things. There's a difference in the way in the outlook you have toward life. I, I remember the old song that they used to say, "Tis the old time religion. Here's something that a Christian will do. He'll love everybody. Why is that? Because our Bible teaches us that God is love. That's the first tenet of being a Christian is the love that you have in your heart for everybody else. I do not understand how people can claim to be a Christian and spew hatred, hatred constantly all the time. I've got something in me that even though we might not agree, I can still love you because I'm one of God's little children. All right. What is a Christian? It must be somebody that loves everybody. I, I can see that, can't you? Yes. Barnabas exhorted the folks at Antioch to cleave to the Lord. You know why we're in the mess we're in? We, we can pull, I can pull out the dollar bill and I can read on it. I can pull out a quarter. You know what it says on there? In God we trust. You know why we're in the shape we're in in the old United States? Because we forgot that. We walked away from that. A Christian cleaves to the Lord. We used to sing this song, and I'm sure Faye knows it. If it wasn't for the Lord, what would I do? He's everything to me. The verse says he's water in dry places. He's food in a starving land. He's my rock of ages and he holds me by the hand. Well, there have been times in my life and we can look back at the man Paul where he was beaten. I believe the Bible said he had 39 stripes on his, on his body where they had beaten him. We read where that they, they beat the disciples and told them not to go preaching anymore in the name of Jesus and they went away praising the Lord because they was worthy to suffer shame for his name. Let's go on, would you? Oh, we think that a Christian is somebody that never has to face adversity. No, honey. Let's look at the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if you suffer with me, you shall also reign with me. And I believe the Bible says, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. It's not going to be rosy every day. We'll have valleys to go through. We'll have trials and tribulations to go through. But the end result where we get at the end of the journey will be worth it after all. Christians have to suffer sometimes. We got folks using that moniker that think they can just do whatever they want to. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes a Christian has to face the Lord's chastening hand. The Old Testament says, without chastening, you're a bastard and not a son. Let me just relay this to you. I've taught school for 30-something years. You can train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
Did you hear anywhere in that scripture I just quoted to you that the child would always stay right on the horns of the altar? That was not in that verse. Your child, my child, is human. They're just like me and you. They'll make mistakes. There'll be times you wish they'd made better choices. But trust the word of the Lord. Train up a child. Now, I said that. Let me say this. Johnny went to church with me whenever I was a boy. We never had a lot of literature or anything like that. We never had any. As a matter of fact, we had the good old King James Version Bible. We never had any formal training or anything like that. But let me tell you what we had, the training that we did have. The training that we had was I saw my mom and dad, John and Frida Clark, Johnny and Cookie and different ones, and the power of God would fall around the altar. And they were a witness to me. They were an example to me that the way that the, of God was one that was spirit-filled. It was a way that we could rejoice because we belonged to God, that we were one of His children. It was a way that if we lived our life according to God's Word and we prayed and we sought His face, we could feel His Spirit. I'm here to tell you, now what did it say about Barnabas? That he was a spirit-filled man. Well, I'm here to tell you today, if you're a Christian, you should have some spirit in your life. You should have something that stirs you on the inside. There should be something in there that makes you want to stand up and say, I love the Lord. It should show in everything you do. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that there was many there that turned to the Lord. A Christian has got something that everybody else wants. And if it's something that makes you miserable, why would anybody want it? I've got something. I like the song the little children sing. I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Sunday night we had a service and the joy shone all around the altar. I'm here to tell you today, there's joy in being a Christian. I'm human and you are too. There's been times I've walked through the church door about as low as I could be. And I thought, oh Lord, what am I going to do? <laughs> but somebody would begin to sing about the love of the Lord, about how good He was, about His blessings. Yeah. Somebody would begin to talk about how He blessed them that week or how good He had been to them. Great things that God had done for them. Tears would begin to flow and an old boy that come in with an empty cup wound up having one that was overflowing. I'm here to tell you today, there's joy. You may think you're in heartache right now. You may think that you'll never get over the depression and the gloom. Look to the Lord. There's joy in knowing Jesus. Christian has joy. Even if he has to suffer, there's still joy in knowing Jesus. We love the Lord because He first loved us. 
and gave himself a sacrifice for us. I believe it's what the Bible says. You know what it also says? Lo, I come in the volume of a book. I can't love the Lord if I don't love His Word. And we love His Word just as much as we spend time with it. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Satan does not like this sign right here. Because he'd love to get you to compromise on God's Word. He'd love to get you. Now listen. Well, preacher, I can understand other versions better. If you can't understand the good old King James Version, there's a verse for that in the, in the book of James. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. You have not, still in the same book, you have not because you ask not. I'm here to tell you today, I don't understand it all. There are things in here that, that, that I wonder about and I have to pray about. There's been times I've wondered about Scripture and just couldn't get a grasp on it, couldn't wrap my mind around it. And then somebody, some preacher come through or some Sunday school teacher would read that exact Scripture, never had any idea that had been bothering me at all, and they'd go right down through it. And I'd think, well, why didn't I see that already? God sent somebody to open my eyes and show me. I'm here to tell you today, if you want it, you can have it. Aren't you glad, all oh, that we live in a country where we can have it at work, where we can have it at home, where we can have it at church? It's a blessing just to hold in my arms. I'm glad to be a Christian, and I'm glad that the Lord is right here. Now let's go a little farther. The Word is now the even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I don't have to hold him right here. I've got him on the inside too. I'm glad. I like the song. It's number 46 in the Greek book. In this world I've tried most everything and I'm happy now to say there's nothing like old time religion in a good old fashioned way. I'm walking in the old time way and I want the world to know. How about this slide? I'd rather be an old time Christian as anything I know. Aren't you glad? Oh. A Christian loves everybody. A Christian may have to suffer. A Christian is spirit-filled. I believe the Lord said without the Spirit, you're none of mine. Now that don't mean, now listen, I've seen people that thought if they didn't make a big talk, that the Spirit, and I, I know denominations, I've read literature from other denominations that say you'll do such and such and such if you're a child of God. You'll act a certain way, you'll say a certain thing. You don't have to make a big talk to feel the Spirit. There have been times I've been out on my lawnmower, Ronnie, just mowing the yard, get to singing some old song. And the Spirit come by. And I'd be mowing and tears rolling down my face. And my neighbors probably thought I was silly. But I had a good time, me and the Lord, mowing the yard. 
I've been going down the road and have some good gospel singers singing, listening to their singing and singing along with them. And I wasn't by myself. Nobody else could be seen in the car, but me and the Lord was having a good time. The Spirit come by. You don't have to, everybody in the building don't have to witness it to, to, to require you to have the Spirit. It could just be you and the Lord. And I've got some of the biggest blessings by doing the least little thing the Lord would have me to do. When you do exactly what God wants you to do, He'll bless you for it. A Christian is obedient. I believe it's Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ, who became obedient even to the cross, even to death. He was obedient. He humbled himself, the verse says, and became obedient. A Christian is humble. What did John the Baptist say? He must increase, I must decrease. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord that in due time He may lift you up. A Christian is humble. You don't need to pat yourself on the back or brag about what you've done or not done. You just live for the Lord and you'll have greater influence than any words you could ever have come out of your mouth. Friend, there are some qualities. I know we're not supposed to judge. But now look at me. Anybody that knew my dad knows I don't remember a time that he didn't have gray hair. He, had, he was a little bit overweight. He had bad teeth just like I do. It'd be really difficult for me to deny that I was his child. There are some traits and qualities of being a Christian. I'm not saying that we judge, but I'm saying it ought to be evident in the way that I walk, the way that I talk, the places I go, the things I do, that I am a Christian. Friends, We took the communion, and I'm about done. We took the communion here a couple Sundays ago. And I always read, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, around verse 23, 25, somewhere in there. And I read the word that he took the bread, and they took the bread. And then, if you read on down, and John has mentioned it a few times, it says, let a man... Examine himself. Before I can do that, I need to do this. Before I can point the finger at anybody and say, look at them, I need to examine this. Let's go back to James one more time. The Bible says when a man prays, he says, but let him ask in faith, Nothing wavered. For a man that doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. It also talks about a man that's like holding, beholding his natural face in the glass and straightway goeth away and forgiveth what manner of man he is. The gospel 
hits this old boy. It hits me before it gets to you. But I, I'm not here to, to beat you down. I'm not here to tell you how good you are. I was ordained to do one thing, to preach the word. That's all I've got. That's all I can preach. But I believe if I'll just stick to that, God will bless. I believe if I'll just stick to that, we won't have a lot of trouble. I believe if I'll just stick to that, we'll see our people saved. Friend, I mentioned the song, I'd Rather Be an Old Time Christians. Now, my actions and my words tell you whether I told the truth or whether I just told you a lie. You judge for yourself, and I have to do the same thing. Let me tell you this, and then I'll hush, and we'll go right into business meeting. My dad never was one to pray so loud that it rang the walls, but I heard him pray. I heard him pray every night. We had a little four-stack heater, if you all know what that is, a 220 heater, electric heater. We had two, one on each end of the house, and the one nearest the kitchen there, before we went to bed every night, we'd all get down on our knees around that little heater and pray. And I heard my dad pray every night. In the years that I was home, I never heard him say anything out of order. In the years that I was home, I never saw him raise a hand to anyone. Now, he did correct me and my sister, but it was to discipline us so that we would be self-disciplined when we were grown men and women. Friend, the way we live our life tells whether or not we want to be a Christian. And I tell you, we don't need more Democrats, we don't need more Republicans. We need some good old-time Christians. Amen. If we just had that, you're talking about a better place to live. If we just had that, people would be a lot more forgiving. If we just had more old-time Christians, people would be a lot more empathetic. If we just had a, a few more old-time Christians, you'd see a lot more compassion and love in this world that we have. That's what we need to be. I'm not going to pretend that I've got it all figured out because I don't. And if you'd be honest, you don't either. But we do know who loves us and we know what we need to be to show. You know why? And I know we can blame it on Satan all we want to. Satan can't build a church. Did you know that? He can put people in there that don't need to be. He can put people in there to destroy it. But he can't build a church. If we want our church to build, if we want our church to grow, we need to offer people something they can't give to Walmart. We need to offer people something they can't give to beer joint. We need to, and it, I shouldn't be this way, You've heard me talk about driving up 25E all my life. They're just about gone. We've got one left down here. 
but it just grinds my nerves every time I pass that place and the parking lot's sitting full. Because I know where I'm going, there's something offered that's better. We need to offer people something better than what they have. Don't you have? When that wheel turns inside a wheel, when that fire that's shut up in your bones comes up, isn't that much better than anything you can get to Walmart or beer joint? Isn't that much better than what you can get off TV? Isn't that much better than what you can get out here in this world? The reason, and you may not like the statement I'm about to make, the reason that our churches aren't full Well, preacher, we're in the middle of a pandemic. The reason that our churches aren't full is we're not offering what people cannot get anywhere else. We need to offer them the Spirit and the power of God. We need to offer them something better. We need to offer them some love. Well, preacher, I know their life. I know what they do. And they shouldn't even be in church. You're just as wrong as they are when you take that attitude. And there's a spot on the altar for you too. I'm here to tell you, it don't matter what the sin, Jesus loved their soul anyway. Just as much as you did find it yours. This is a place for forgiveness. This is a place for salvation. This is a place to add on to the family of God. To make sure people get what they need to be a Christian. All right.